Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Welcome to another reaction episode of the Attacking Scrum podcast. So Wales managed to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory against uh, England in a utterly bizarre game. Um, we're getting very, very close now to, to knowing, or we should be getting very close now to knowing what Warren Gatland's squad is. Uh, certainly got a few more indicators of that from yesterday's game. Uh, we got loads of fallout from uh, a hat full of yellow cards and red cards and yellow and yellow cards upgraded to red cards even. So there's all sorts for us to um, to, pick, uh, to pick through in this episode. And I'm delighted to say that answering all of your questions is good friend of the show. Um, yeah, long-time friend of ours, Paul Rees. How are you, Paul? Good, thanks, Jed. You? Yeah, very good, thank you. It's great to have you on. I mean, obviously, we've, we've known you for a long time now, but we haven't had you on all that often. I, I was trying to think of a comparison of a Wales player, you know, someone kind of criminally underused over the years. Um, and uh, yeah, I couldn't couldn't come up with one quite fitting enough. Yeah, but well, there have been a few of these, and so then you know, winning winning a, a cap every few years or so is probably about right in my case. <laughs> uh, definitely not. It's great to have you on for this. And actually, I was thinking as well. We normally have, um, you know, we normally end up talking about rugby politics a lot of the time <laughs> when we get you on, um, because you're much better, much better on that than uh, than we are. So actually, it'd be quite nice to talk rugby for a change. Indeed, it would. Yeah. Yeah, fantastic. Well, as I say, we always hand over after um, after the internationals. We always hand over to our listeners for uh, uh, for them to send in their questions as part of a listeners takeover. Um, and we've had lots of response to that as well. Before we get into that, though, Paul, I just wanted to get your assessment of uh, the the defeat to England at Twickenham yesterday. What was your kind of um, your overall take on it? <clears throat> I, I mean, it, it wasn't a, it wasn't a great match, was it? Um... But I, I thought that the team that that merited victory more somehow managed to lose it in the end. England were, I, I thought, were awful, absolutely awful. I was, I was looking at it from their point of view how they were going to shape their attack with 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 Farrell at ten, and it's bizarre. I mean, he, he the way he plays for Saracens at the moment is, is sort of far removed to what you think of Farrell, the controller. And I think what yesterday showed was just how far behind test level the premiership has become because mm. supreme for Saracens. And he was trying things yesterday, wasn't he? Running from his own half, a couple of ambitious passes. But the pace of test level is just so much greater you can't can't get away with it. And I I saw England only won that match at the end because Ford was at ten. And he just yeah. put the ball in front of the forwards, put put them in the right areas. And even with twelve men, they found their way over. Yeah, a lot of people have um, have mentioned that in their reaction pieces. The the one thing I kind of thought as well is this is becoming a bit of a trend with England. Is they seem to play their best when they're 
they're down to 14 or less men. You know, I think back to the to the the Grand Slam game in um, in Dublin. Admittedly, they didn't get over the line there. There was a very similar game the year before against um, against Ireland at Twickenham, where yes. they seemed to come out there, come out fighting. I can't remember who was one of the second rows got sent off early doors. Yeah, Charlie Yules in the home. Charlie Yules in the first minutes. Yeah, and it, it seems to me like that adversity just seems to to stir something yeah. um, in the England side that that they don't seem to be able to tap into otherwise, and that's successive coaches. That seems to be the case under. I think. I mean, what 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 really struck me yesterday was six minutes into the second half, when Wales have got a line out five meters from their own line. Courtney Laws nicks it. I mean, that's prime attacking ball, isn't it? And you've got to score. Oh, yeah. the, Wales are not set up to defend. And England, they were, were well, nobody took charge, and in the end, they lost the ball and gave away a penalty. And and that, to me, sums them up. I mean, you know, New Zealand, Ireland, France, you know, you you surrender ball to them. And they will capitalise. England, unless it's structured and planned and gone through in detail in coaching sessions, they 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 just don't seem to have any instinct. And that's, um, I mean, they'll get out of their they'll get out of their group because they're not you know they haven't got anyone, have they? I mean, Argentina, Japan are, are way off. Samoa might might rattle a few bones, but but England will get to the quarterfinals by default. But phew, I mean, they they looked they looked devoid of, of, of ideas, devoid of inspiration. In fairness to Wales, I mean, I, you're coming into these friendlies, I thought Wales were struggling two games against England, but Wales have shown a bit of wit. Not a great team, but they've shown a little bit of wit and you know, a couple of nice tries that they've they, they've manufactured. I mean, for Gatland, it's going to be, if Wales had that line-out yesterday, they're the one. Um, it's going to be sorting out those set pieces, isn't it? Creating the foundation. Because I think, I think behind the scrum, he's... Um, you know, he's, he's he's got a bit more than than I certainly thought he did. Yeah, there seems to be a decent shape. Actually, I don't know if you know. Perhaps Alex King is being able to, mm. uh, you know, having the players in camp for a period of time is able to is able to have his influence over that because, you know, he plays he he likes to play in a certain time and uh, sorry in a certain way. And the last time he was involved with the Wales camp, it was it was a you know a sub at all, wasn't it? I think or. A, or, or kind of the end of the Six Nations or something like that and didn't really have time to build that. And I think that's what's so different about going into a World Cup campaign is you get time to coach players and build systems, which you don't tend to get during a Six Nations or an Autumn campaign. No, and it's, you know, it's certainly not Warren Ball, is it, that we've, that we've seen in the last two weeks? Certainly not Warren Ball. Um, and and he, hasn't got, he hasn't got the tools that he had when, um, you know, when the likes of Jamie Roberts were, were, were to the fore. But, but I think it's, it's, it's quite encouraging because, again, the Wales... You know the group there in Australia, all over the place. Fiji are probably the the biggest threat in that group, and they've got them. They've got them first up, and perhaps the, the most worrying thing of the last couple of weeks are the injuries that Wales have sustained. Which um, yeah, you know, running running small numbers, you're always more you know susceptible to the the problems they cause than um, than a country like England. Do you also think as well? You know, this is this is what Warren Gatland's fourth uh, World Cup campaign as Wales head coach. We know that he, he, you know, essentially beasts them going into uh, going into the tournament. So they end up in incredible physical, fit, uh, you know, kind of incredible physical nick. But does that again also make you more susceptible to injuries in the lead up to a tournament? Yeah, certain types of injury probably. So Jed, yeah, because I think there was a hamstring last week, wouldn't he? It's that sort of, you know, soft soft tissue damage can. Yeah, but I, I, I mean, I think the way he tries to do it is to, and and this is where, in in a sense, you know, these matches are arranged. More for for the treasurers than or, or for the um, you know, finance officers than um, than the, than the coaches, aren't they? Um, you know, they because they come at a time when you're conditioning wise, you're trying to get ready for the World Cup, mm. which the start of which is still a month away. But you've got to play these games to bring in to bring in the revenue. Probably, you know, a coach would have them further further down the line. But um, but but yes, I, th- I think and and the same for England as well. I think you could see that. In Cardiff, that they, you know, that the, the conditioning, the preparation hadn't hadn't been just for Cardiff. But it was it was with the with the longer in mind. Yeah, definitely. And you know, I, I know Gatlin was particularly bullish after the uh, after the game in Cardiff, and you know, mentioned to the press that they were much fitter than England. And uh, also, again, you compare that to previous World Cup campaigns. It's all it's always geared towards peaking in that first game so you do feel like there's more to come fitness wise from this Wales side which again you know I I think is really encouraging however the point that you mentioned there 
the line out was absolutely diabolical yesterday. So we're going to we're going to start with that as kind of the biggest area to look on. And we had this question in from let me just find out who it is. This one was from Peter Thomas, and uh, it says, as good as Derry Lake is, can Wales afford to have a, a hooker whose darts are costing us at line-out time? Is Elliot D the best option when it comes to the line-out? What do you make of that, Paul? Was was yesterday, uh, you know, kind of down to the, the hookers not being able to hit their hit their men, or was it a, a collective unit fail yesterday? <clears throat> I mean, probably a bit of both. I think the one Courtney Law's nicked, you know, that 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 they, they you sort of look at the throw. But, I mean, a, a couple of them, I mean, they just just threw them long and nobody was going for it. And then, so that, that has to be a, a system error, but it's, um, I mean, they weren't, it wasn't, it wasn't brilliant the previous week either, was it? And not as glaringly um, bad as, as yesterday. But, but again, I think, I think, you know, come, come the group, they might get away with that, but yeah, you go into, to the knock of the latter stages you won't get away with it, but I mean, Gatland is a former hooker. Will be will be spitting about it, and Jonathan Humphreys obviously another former. I mean, they will not they will not be happy. But it's it's something that that again Wales, given where they're coming from, you've got to you've got to you've got to lay the foundation, haven't you? And and, and in, in over two weeks, lineout especially scrum, at times they've had a, a few successes, haven't they? and and Genge ended up in the sin bin. But um, but scrum and lineout, they'll probably be. You know, Gatlin's biggest concerns, I would have thought, from the two weeks. Yeah, I, I feel out of the two as well. It's the it's the line out that is the is the bigger worry, really. Um, I think at you know at scrum time, yes, I suppose you could argue that yesterday was kind of close to what might be the first choice front row. I personally think that Henry Thomas has got a big chance of starting at tight head mm-hmm. come come the World Cup. Uh, and him and Nicky Smith went really well off the bench against England. Not that it's all down to the front row, but I do think that that, that there were signs there. And also, it's hard to gauge because there were a few, you know, certainly in the first game in Cardiff and yesterday, there were a few very kind of curious decisions from the referees at, at scrum time, which again perhaps makes it a little bit harder to call where ex- exactly where uh, exactly where they are. But certainly the lineup, there was no hiding from uh, from what a horror show that was. Um, but, but while it, we're sticking with Derry Lake, oh, sorry, go ahead. And and again, you know, the importance is that I mean, you know, Wales in a heyday. You think of that two thousand thirteen game against England. You use use the scrum as a means to get a penalty. You kick the penalty to touch. Well, if your line out's not working, mm. you know that's that, as 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 a tactic that that becomes almost redundant. Yeah, exactly. And there, there were quite a few occasions. You know, after again after a shaky start. They started to win penalties, as you said. Ellis Genge was uh, was sin binned for, um, you know, for cumulative offences as a as a team. And yeah, you're right. You're completely against the the territorial gain of that if you have you know, no chance of hitting your man at uh, line out time. So it's definitely a concern. As I say, sticking with Derry Lake though, uh, very very disappointing to see him go off after half an hour uh, in his first um, his first game as as captain. How much? Of a worry, do you think that's going to be going into the World Cup? Well, that's three hookers that they're worried about. No, I mean Ken Owens won't be involved in the group stage, will he? Maybe, maybe the no. stages. Um, you had Elias go off the previous week, and then, and then Lake, and again Wales. Said it before with their resources, you you know you, th- three players in one position. You know, and 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 you know the dilemma for Gatland is is, you know, if you only if you take three hookers. At least one of whom is, is 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 not fit for the start of the World Cup, and then you have an injury, you know, close to the to the Fiji game. You've got to have a specialist hooker on the bench, haven't you? Otherwise, yeah, there are repercussions. So does it, you know, d- does he need the three hookers he takes to France to all be fit for that? You know, when they board the plane. I suppose the the difference you have this time round versus in. Japan or New Zealand or somewhere as you're only an hour away. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, you know, you've you've not got players who are playing rugby. So I think ideally you'd want them you'd want them close to camp. Um Dowie Lake, I think, is the kind of player that that you're gonna sweat on. And I, I think Gatland has obviously, you know, obviously been suitably impressed with him enough to make him captain. And as a result, I think that it's almost a bit like Dan Lydiot in twenty eleven when he picked up that ankle knock and they did everything to keep him out there because they know that if they can get him fit again, he made such a difference to them. Similarly, and didn't work in 2019 with Corey Hill, where he rated him so highly, he took him out there and, you know, he was never going to be fit again. 
And I just wonder whether whether Lake might fall into that category. But you're right, when you've got other multiple injuries, I think there comes a point where you kind of go, right, we've, we've just got to take someone who's fit. Because, there's a, you know, England in 2015, when Dylan Hartley was banned for the first what, couple of matches of the tournament, and again, you know, the dilemma was if they picked him, you've only got two hookers of one, you know, wakes up the morning of a match, not 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 feeling too good, you can struggle to replace him. And then, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know what the what the penalties are, but there there is a penalty, isn't there, if you don't have two two specialist hookers in the in the in the in the twenty three. So it's you know, Gatlin's going to that's 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 going to be a tough call if they're you know, especially if you've got two of them who are going to miss one or two weeks of the uh, of the World Cup. Yeah, no, I, th- I think you're absolutely right. So, um, yeah, there'll be a lot of sweating. In a way, I suppose, the fact that Elias went off very early in that um, in that game against England, I, you know, it, the noise doesn't seem to suggest that he's going to he's going to miss the World Cup. But it, it's going to certainly going to be a question of playing no further part between now and yeah. and and the opener in Fiji. So, you know, and then I suppose you, everyone's just sweating on the results of of Dowie Lake scan really and. Um, and we'll kind of we'll we'll know a bit more after that, but yeah, certainly certainly a a worrying position, uh, particularly when you know I suppose we kind of knew the three hookers he was likely to take, uh, which you probably can't say for for many other positions out on the no. uh, out on the pitch. Uh, with that in mind, uh, one of the biggest talking points seems to be around uh, seems to be around the centre partnership. We spoke I spoke about it last week with Steph Thomas, and you know it is something that all the best sides in the world have a settled centre combination. Uh, Wales have one game before they they name their squad now, and I still don't feel like we're in, in, any closer to to knowing what that centre combination is. We had this question from Hugh Griffin, which says only two of Roberts, Grady, and North will go to the World Cup. Which two? Who do you think? Uh, who do you think is likely to make it um, out of out of those? Uh, Grady, Roberts, and North. Did you say? Yeah, so you know, presuming that presuming that Tompkins will uh, will be one of the um, one of the two, I would imagine, um, and then uh, and then what? So he's going to take four centres, right? Yeah, I mean, I, 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 so, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I've been quite impressed by North in the last last couple of seasons. Um, he's uh, you know he played played well in that in the first game, didn't he? Got a got a nice try. Probably you know might might have given Henry Slade a nudge out of the England uh, squad with. Uh, the way he stepped him. Um, so, I mean, you know, I think North fits in well defensively, doesn't he, as well as um, mm. as well as an attack. So I, w- I would say North would be would be a shoe. And do, do you reckon Tom Tompkins is? I mean, does Gatland's I'm not, I'm not sure he, I'm not sure he's a massive fan, but I, I think I, in terms of experience, um I'd like I'd like Tompkins. I mean, you know, I watch him a lot for Saracens. I think he's um you know, he can play twelve or thirteen and play plays twelve mainly. But he's, um, you know, he's not the biggest, but he's he, he puts himself about, and he's 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 skillful as well. He is, and um, it's a weird one because famously I don't, and I can't put my finger on why. Because you know, again, you you see him play very very well for Saracens. There's just something that that I find quite frustrating. I don't know if it's you know sometimes there's a tendency to run down a blind channel that um, well certainly in a red shirt. Um, but actually, I thought, you know, certainly the opening half an hour yesterday, his defence looked really, really mm. good. There's, you know, well, he, he coped with Ollie Lawrence very well, turned him over once. Um, and I don't know, I, I think that given how much in the last four years he has played at centre for Wales, I think there's I think there's a big chance that, that he will go. North will definitely go. I've no doubt about yeah. that. You know, he's he's experienced. He can play on the wing if, you know, if, if someone's nursing a minor injury for, for one of the games. Uh, so I, I think those those two will definitely go. Um, I think I think Grady is is a player who is incredibly raw, but has that has that kind of X factor off the bench. Again, can play on the wing. I think he's a Gatlin kind of player, and I think Llewellyn is as well. I think you know I think he um, I think if Max Llewellyn hadn't have had um, a niggle around the Six Nations, he would have featured. Uh, I think he ticks every box in terms of a Gatlin player. Like you said, you know you mentioned Jamie Roberts being kind of the archetypal Gatlin player. Uh, he has that size of physicality, but he also has, you know, a good set of hands and um, and a good sense of awareness of what's around him. He's got a good rugby brain on him as well. So I think, you know, it seems it seems a bit mad that you're going to go with with players like Grady and and, and Llewellyn who have such little experience. Yeah. But I, I think out of the four, we'll go with those two, and then the safe two is is Tompkins and North. That's my thoughts anyway. Well, you, I mean, you look at Australia. I mean, Craigie, they've got they've they've only got eight players who've been to a World Cup. Twenty five haven't. So I mean, there's there's a, a, a lot of rules. I mean, again, 
you know, we, we said we weren't going to talk about politics. We can bring them for a bit. You know, ruling Hawkins out by Wales. Yeah. You know, Max Llewellyn, it'd be hard to explain it to a Martian, but, you know, Max Llewellyn goes off to Gloucester, but he's available for Wales. Hawkins signs for Exeter, not available for Wales. It's, um, you know, why Wales have shot themselves in the foot, given the given the appalling administration over the last year, the, you know, the, 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 the chaos in the regions, the uncertainty facing players, the dilemmas that they were facing. Like, you know, fair enough, you want a 25 cap threshold instead of, what was it, 60 before, mm. but should have delayed it for a year. And just by doing that, they just stuck their hands up and accepted the responsibility for the mess. But they didn't. And someone like Hawkins has been caught up. Who's, who's benefiting from that other than Exeter? the start of the World Cup. Who's benefiting? Wales aren't and, and Hawkins isn't. I thought that was an, a really, really poor decision. And, um, you know, ho- hopefully Wales won't, won't pay for it. But um, I would I would have I would have had a moratorium for a year on, on, on that rule because of the, the chaos brought about by the Welsh Rugby Union. Yeah, can't disagree with you on that one, Paul. We've got loads more to, to get through, lots of talking points. Um, uh, but before we do that, we are going to take this very quick break. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Right, welcome to the second part of the Attacking Scrum podcast with MSG Tours. If you're still thinking about heading over to France uh, and you fancy joining us on our Attacking Scrum live show, we're going to be out in Nantes for Wales versus Georgia. And if you fancy joining us, there are still some packages available from MSG Tours. So take a look at our pinned tweet on Twitter if you want to get involved with that. Uh, but for now, we've got loads to get through with uh, with our guest, Paul Rees. And uh, so much of it revolves around selection, Paul. And I suppose, you know, you said in the first part of the show that these games are largely for finance directors. But uh, when you've, you know, when you've inherited a, an ailing side, as, as Gatland did, and had a pretty poor Six Nations, selection is going to be the, is going to be the one thing out of this. It's almost like a, you know, a set of Lions tour games, really. Um, we had this one in from Paul Price, uh, who says, what's our, what's our starting back row going to be against Fiji? And... Uh, Given, yeah, given there's more injury concerns, uh, Tane Plumtree going off. Uh, I suppose Tane Basham failed in HIA. We'll have to see what uh, what the outcome of that is. Um, but yeah, a few more a few more knocks and bumps and bruises around. Continuing, you know, Toby Falatos continues to be wrapped in in cotton wool. Um, do you have any idea what it will be against Fiji, and what would you like to see? Well, I mean, I thought Jack Morgan was was really good in that second half in in Cardiff um, against England. Uh, I thought that was you know reminded me of. Uh, Ellis Jenkins against South Africa, not not that. Mm. I, I thought it was really good. So so you would expect Morgan to be seven. Raffle all right. Yes, he wasn't. He? But again, he, he. I mean, one of the penalties he gave away, I thought, was unbelievably harsh. He did everything right, and the, but the referee didn't, and he's got the whistle. Um, I liked I liked the look of Basham when he came on. I know I know Farrell sent him off um, with concussion, but uh, you know, but he, if you look if you look at the statistics from yesterday, not many forwards made. Um, Made many meters. Now maybe that was because there were twenty-eight penalties, and you know there's, there were more lineups and scrums than than normal. But Basham, when he came on, and Parry the hooker, they were they were the two Wales forwards who who did um, who did make some ground. So so I mean you hope you hope Falatau is fit because he's he's in he's in the class of his own. But you know Basham at six is that? Um, I mean you know the other one if if Falatau is not fit is Wayne Rice. I could I could mm-hmm. never understand why what Wayne Pivak 
didn't see in, in Wainwright, who looked a really good player under Gatland, and since Gatland's come back, has, has sort of um, you know taken on from there again. But you know, he had to, but in the Pivac era, it was the sort of locust years for him. So, so I think you know you perm perm four from those three, and that would um, I, I, Plumtree. He, he, he did well when he came on off the bench in Cardiff, but uh, not so sure yesterday. Maybe snatched it a bit. Yeah, there was a real mixture, wasn't there? Some eye-catching stuff, like the uh, the kick, the fifty twenty-two kick. Um, he's certainly a prospect. Yeah, that fifty twenty-two was was, was was certainly a prospect. But you know, with the with, with the World Cup sort of being now, I mean, again, you know, from from Gatlin's point of view, you could you could see in the Six Nations that you know he what he was unfamiliar with a lot of those players. There's so much a change since he was he was last there. So um, now he's got got to to know them a little bit more. But I think also there's a part of him, like Eddie Jones with Australia. He's looking to this World Cup clearly, but this World Cup I think is about going, you know, as far as far as you can. But I think also part of him is has got twenty twenty seven in mind, where he will ex- you know expect Wales to um, to be to be up there among the contenders. Yeah, and yeah, that's obviously that's, that's been a big talking point with with Eddie Jones's squad. I think it's fair to say that you know that, that Gatland has selected a youthful squad. You know. Potentially with a, a longer, um, with the longer term in mind, and um, just to go back to the, to stick to the to the back row and the um, the Tane Plumtree issue because we had this one in from Penn's Evans, which says, "How on earth is Morgan Morris not in the squad? We're crying out for a proper eight. He was outstanding last season. Uh, Plumtree was uh, was laughable as a as a number eight, and um, and he claims it's an insult he's in before other more established Welsh players." Um, I think on the, the Welsh point, he's, you know, he's, he's born in Swansea, so you know, perfectly eligible. He's, he's come over, he's committed to Scarlets and you know, other players, as we've said, have, have left Wales. So I don't really have a problem on the eligibility front. Um, I think we, we touched on this last week, and I don't know if you agree, um, Paul, but I see that, that, that Plumtree is in there because he's a versatile back five player. It's not, he's, not, he's not competing with Morgan Morris, really. Exactly. That, you've, that is the word, versatility. And it's, you, know, you look at the England squad that Borswick picked. Um, you know, your specialist players like Tom Pearson in the back row, I know, I know he didn't have his, you know, the greatest of debuts in, in Cardiff, though he still, I, I thought, showed up reasonably well. But Ben Hill can play number eight. Mm. So it's, it, you know, Ludlam can play six, seven and eight. So suddenly you've got three sevens, two of whom are versatile, one of whom isn't. You're going you're gonna to go for the for the versatile ones, aren't you? Especially when when none of them are your, are your, your first choice seven. You know, Tom, Tom Curry will, will start there. So your backup, certainly I think you want, you want that element of versatility, which, which um, Plum, Plumtree does get. But they, I, I just thought yesterday showed maybe it's, I mean, was, was he 20? Yeah, yeah, he is, and um, he's one. For, you know, he's, one he's, he's clearly a talent. Yeah, he's one for the future. But you know, I still think that spot is wide open. Um, and and Sam Warburton said as much in in commentary. You know, I, I'm a big fan of Christians, uh, but again, making that step up to, to test level rugby is, um, you know, he's not done that just yet. But he's still in the running. Plumtree is definitely in the running after certainly after the cameo in Cardiff and bits and pieces at, at Twickenham. But at the same time, you know, both of these are very very raw. You know, raw prospects, and um, so it'll be it'll be really interesting to see who goes in in that role. Or, because, like you say, I suppose you know, someone like Danny Lydiot, who is a massive who Gatlin's a massive fan of, he play, he is an out and out six, and that's it. He's a yeah. six, you know, and yeah. can't play anywhere else. Um, he's not a line out option, so you've got him in there to do what you know, really to do one role, which is a, a good old fashioned six and, and chop trees like we know that he does, and you know, a bit of carrying and. It'll be really interesting to see because I still think that Gatlin will probably take him, um, and I think there's every chance of him playing against Fiji. Um, but uh, that then means that in the other, you know, in the other positions, you have to have someone who can do, uh, yeah, who can either do six, seven, eight, or four, five, six, seven, eight, or you know, or four, five, six. You know, there, there's got to be there a player who can kind of cover, um, can cover a number of positions. Uh, particularly if you're going for those specialists, Toby Valentine is another one. You know, he's an out and out eight, and and he will go. Um, so yeah, there has to be some flexibility elsewhere. So I think that's that's why Morgan Morris has not, has not been in the running. Yeah, yeah. And and, and again, you know, if you, if you've got you know your two two number eights of Falata and Wainwright, then then again, you're not you, you won't be looking for a third number eight who's just a number no. eight, will you? 
you'll be looking right. for that then that position you will want somebody who can cover ideally across the back row or or also a bit of the second row yeah, and I think Basham, you know, Basham is again someone who might be in the running uh, with that. I thought he was really impressive off the bench yesterday. He offers that dynamism. He's really quick. He's he is. outstanding over the ball. Um, I, I think he's, you know, he could be in there as a squad option yeah. because because of that because of the, the different positions he can cover. Um, you know, and, and can happily come off the bench and do that role. I, I don't necessarily see him as a starting six. I think if he's in, personally, I think his best position is seven, but he's comfortably behind the other two sevens. In, in that position. But in terms of coming on for 20 minutes and being explosive like he was yesterday, um, you know, I, I think he'd have probably impressed Gatlin with that um, with that performance. If he hadn't have spilt the, the kind of the one where Ellis Genge rushed yeah. up at him, yeah. um, then I think, you know, I, I think more so because there were some, some really eye-catching breaks in there. There were. And, 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 and again, you know, I mean, how Wales going to play it against Fiji? It's not going to be a repeat of Nantes 16 years ago, is it? I mean, they, they're going to want to dictate the tempo of that game which is where you know what you were saying about Lydia that's that's where that might come in you play Lydia for the first 50 55 in a bid you know have somebody getting over the ball stopping Fiji getting getting quick possession trying to milk a few penalties out of them and then you know you can bring somebody on the last 20 25 who's who's, who's got more legs hmm. yeah if, if everyone's fully fit I quite like the idea of Wainwright going back to six and doing do him doing six Falatau eight and uh, and Jack Morgan seven that said, I think I, I don't know if Falatau is going to be fit enough to to start that game. You know, I, I could see that being a, a question where he's in the twenty three. Um, in which case, I could see Lydia Morgan Wainwright um, with 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 Falatau coming on for twenty twenty five minutes to finish. But you're absolutely right. It's you know, I, I think it is almost an old fashioned back row there where you you just need you need to slow ball down. And that's probably possibly the one game where you could sacrifice having a line-out option in the back row, um, you know, or an additional one. Um, if everyone's fit, again, I think Wainwright does offer you another line-out option. Toby can do line-out stuff as well. So, um, so yeah, it'll be really interesting to see with that one. I, I think so much of it just depends on on who's going to be fully it, fit come, it, the, um, come it, the first game. It was interesting. I watched Argentina in South Africa. Um, not the whole match in South Africa. That was part of the rugby championship when they lost by a point, and they had um, they had Lavanini and, and Alamano in the second row. Alamano went off after about forty two minutes, but they rarely used them as jumpers. They played Gonzalez, who was a flanker at eight, and they were throwing to him virtually all the time. Mm. And then they were using the two second rows to get the drive going, and they made they made a lot of progress there. Now I, you know, I've seen Gonzalez you know, play for London. I've seen him, you know, open side for Argentina, and um, you know, rarely seen him used in a line that. But he was, he was virtually exclusive, virtually exclusive. Send it to Gonzalez. So yeah. know, Wales, you know, <clears throat> with the with their line was might might devise some, something like that. You just have a you have a banker, get it in quick, and get it and get it out rather than. A lot of these you know, sort of various moves and and codes and all that. Just take take the line, get it out, and use it. As we as we see all them do with Justin Tiberick under you know under yeah. successive coaches, yeah. you know became the kind of the, the banker ball really. So yeah, um, again, it all, it always comes back to the line at, at some point, doesn't it? Um, while we're talking about South Africa, though, we had this question in from Robert Giannotti, uh, and in fact, quite a few people have, have asked uh, similar questions. Do we treat the South Africa game as a dress rehearsal? Um, for the Fiji, or do you continue to rotate, give players combinations and, and a chance to a chance to impress? What do you think with regards to selection for next week? Well, it's their last game, isn't it? So I, th- I think you've got to you've got to, as far as you can with with, with injuries treated as a as a dress rehearsal. Yeah, I think you, he's, he's got a you know pretty pretty much his his first team, and you know you've got decent opposition. I know South Africa. Uh, even the greatest of summers, um, and they're they're missing a few players, but um, you know, good 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 opposition, good opposition. So yeah, no, I'd I'd, I'd if I if I was getting out, I'd, and and again, if he if he's got somebody with a with a with a tweak, no, but otherwise, go as hard as you can against them. Yeah, it's it's an interesting one again, kind of continuing that um, that kind of comparison with it as being kind of like a Lions tour game. I'd be inclined to have certain units that I would expect to, to start, and then maybe a couple of a couple of players or a couple of combinations, um, kind of playing for their playing for their position almost. Yeah. Again, I, I don't know. It's it's really tricky. Do you need 
do you need to see Liam Williams again after after that performance? I don't think so. I, I think you know Lee Harpenny will can come in, slot into that position, and do a and do a great job for you. Um, but I think Liam Williams is, has got that fifteen shirt inked in for um, for the first game now. So for me, I think there's certain things like that where you can you know there's not many positions where you can sub out that level of experience and bring in someone more more experience. No, no, no. Oh, I, it, it's just that, you know, that was Liam Williams's first game since March, wasn't it? Yeah. So do you send him in to Fiji his second game in nearly six months? Yeah, good point. So I mean you still have him on the bench and ring him on, can't you? So so getting him into his legs. I think, you know, that's because and I it's interesting, I was reading today somebody saying, you know, why are these games capped? When you're you're sort of mixing and matching, you're not putting off those. And it's probably fair enough. And and maybe they take a little bit of pressure off coaches if they weren't kept. Um, that they could then you, you know bring bring somebody in who is you know com- completely left field or you know tr- try try combinations and and you know nobody can accuse them of of giving caps away. As you and I know, though, selling a uh, I know I, selling selling tickets to an uncapped international is a, is a lot more difficult, and, is, and that's probably what it comes down to. We haven't had a sellout this month, have we? I mean, I mean, nope. any, any none of the matches. You know, Scotland, Scotland wasn't Scotland haven't had sellouts, have they? And, and France and San Etienne, yes, they did. Stadium didn't didn't look full. I mean, you know, Twickenham wasn't a, wasn't a sellout, was it? No, absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah. It's quite right. And I tell you what's been interesting to dip into kind of the, some of the stuff we touched on last time you were on. Some of those random games that we've seen, you know, uh, English Premiership sides playing against the Barbarians and stuff in the, you know, in midweek, um, which is a very, I don't know, obviously the reason for that was, you know, Wasps, Wasps and Worcester going bust and they needed to fill their, uh, kind of fill the void with some fixtures. But uh, the take-up of those seemed to be surprisingly, surprisingly big, actually, you know, and I think, Perhaps we shouldn't forget that rugby is one of those sports where you have these weird idiosyncrasies of club sides playing against against national sides, and that's kind of part of the charm. Whereas playing friendlies, which is what these are, was always something we said rugby didn't have. We had test yeah. matches and not friendlies, and and really these aren't test matches, are they? <clears throat> no, they're not. No, they're not. I mean, you know, I mean, back in the day, I remember. Remember the All Blacks came over on tour in the mid seventies. Was it seventy four? They played Wales at the old National Stadium. And that wasn't a cat match. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's inc- it's incredible to think, really. Um, but yeah, I, d- I don't know. I, I I think there is a there is a role for these games in terms of preparation. It's not enough for me to fork out forty, fifty, sixty, seventy quid. You know, depending on where you sit in the, in the ground to to watch them. I, you know, I'd much rather do it at home in this in this in this scenario because there's there's just so much there's so much rugby played at, at that level but i think with these there there is definitely a need you know particularly where you're a side like england or wales is so much turmoil and trying to figure out your um your best side uh, I, I think there's, there is definitely a, a need for them um this is a really interesting one from christian phillips did we see some of the boys trying too hard to cement their place in the world cup squad yesterday yeah for for, for sure and and you saw it with england didn't you in cardiff where you know, a number of them knew possibly they didn't have a chance, but it was it was their only opportunity. And and you know, I mentioned Tom Pearson a bit earlier. That I think at times he was trying to add. Yes, definitely. And and you know, again, for for, for some of them, they won't be involved against South Africa. It, it was an opportunity to to give Gatland a, a firm nudge. So yes, I think that there definitely was an element of that. Yeah, it was quite a fiery post match. Um post-match chat from Warren Gatland on on TV and he kind of said that it had made up his mind on certain selections um you kind of feel that with the multiple references to the not taking the the restart kind of makes you think that, that Kieran Williams is a very much a long shot to make it onto that plate now doesn't it yeah but he, I mean, he looked lively though didn't he? he's got something about mm. him. um yeah oh he definitely does yeah but no you you I mean I, I mean he Gatlin would have been absolutely fuming. You're, you know, you've just scored a try. You go, what was it, seventeen, seventeen nine up? Um, the opposition's down to down to twelve men. I mean, that's that's it. It's it's, it's game over, isn't it? You know, and you've got you've got an old head like like bigger on the pitch. I think you know the um, about to come on. So you've got the experience in the, in, the, in the key positions to see that game out, and suddenly you lose it. He. He will have he that will and that would have been psychologically 
you know, so so good to beat England two weeks in a row because you could meet them in the quarters. Could yeah, you know, could meet them in the could, could, could meet them in the quarter, and and that that would have been, and could or could meet them in the semis as well, couldn't they? That would have been you know psychologically such a big thing, and 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 the the victory for England. Crikey, can you imagine the reaction? Reaction in England if they if they if they'd lost that. Hooey. Yeah, no, he, he he would even though it was a friendly, even though they were mixing and matching, I think the nature of that defeat will have will have really frustrated frustrated them to 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 the point of anger because it was it was an opportunity, wasn't it? And it should have oh, should have been. Oh, it was. And and the positives the, the positives of the game was again defense looked good. I mean that's yeah. that's in part I think Wales's defense coming together under Mike Forshaw. It's in part England's real. Bluntness in the in the opposition twenty two predictability. I mean, all they, all England have got are set plays. Yeah, that's all they've got. Set plays. I mean, it, there's nothing reactive about them, and it's, I, it's it's not quite like that in the Premiership. Some some. I mean, I, okay, I know Marcus Smith can do it at Harlequins, but it's 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 you know, program players have no. It's you know it it is it is very much Leicester, isn't it? I mean, they're all all the coaches are from Leicester, and that's that's how Leicester play. I think I think you need more. I think they need more. Well, they they, they will have that, they will have that opportunity. I can't believe we've actually gone thirty eight minutes without really talking about the Owen Farrell. Um, you know, we've kind of skirted around it a couple of times. Um, firstly, you know, it's a it's a clear red card. This kind of bunker scenario, I think, was you know. I'm still getting my head around it a little bit. Well, that was that, um, that was bonkers, as you say. It was a clear red card. You don't need to get somebody else to have a good butchers. That everybody saw. That's a, yeah. That, that's red. You don't you don't put him in the sin bin for. No, that was there, there was there would. It was quite clear there were no mitigating circumstances. So it's yeah it's red. There is. I mean, what it, obviously we don't know exactly what um what ban he's facing, but. Um, I mean, could this be a bit of a blessing in disguise for England? Because, like you said, George Ford changed the game at ten. Well, that, um, that's, that, that's what I argued. I just, I mean, I mean, Farrell, you know, Clive Woodward, you know, raves about everybody. I mean, Farrell has been an extraordinarily good player for England. If you like the heartbeats, he's he's so competitive and aggressive in your face. But I just think that the way that Test rugby has changed now, certainly from you know from the last World Cup, two two thousand fifteen World Cup. There's more of an emphasis now on being able to use the ball, and as as I said earlier, while he while he's he, for Saracens, he's probably he's probably the 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 most influential player in the Premiership last season. The way he could he could you know control games for Saracens and not so much kicking, you know, running running from from all all areas, mixing his game up nicely. He looked a really good player, but the Premiership's not Test rugby; it's much slower. And it's doing that at speed, you know. He's been he's been at the top level now for what 11, 11 years. He's in his thirties now. It takes its toll, and I just don't think his his reactions are as, are as sharp as they were. He just needs that little bit of time. That even in a match like yesterday, which is you know which which was a friendly, which wasn't a full ball Wales team, you don't get a test level. And I you know for me, I would go. I'd, I'd have Smith and Ford as, as the two tens. Now about the about the ban, this is an interesting one. It all depends on whether World Rugby want to, you know, give a give the due punishment to one of the captains of their of their World Cup Tier One nations. He was in January. He received a four match ban for exactly the same offence. It was reduced to three because he went on on that World Rugby course. In twenty twenty, he received a five match ban for a similar incident on Wasps Charlie Atkinson. Which left the I think he was eighteen then because left him badly concussed, and in twenty sixteen he received a two match ban for a similar challenge on Dan Robson in the European semi final I think it might have been. So he's had he, he, this is his third incident in three years, his fourth in seven years, and he's had a total of eleven match bans. So you cannot argue because Bastion went off with concussion, you cannot argue that that is a low entry point which would mean four weeks that they can give them three or two that has to be at least a mid-entry point so if he comes in at eight to ten he's lost a lot of his mitigating factors because of his because of his record and basham sustained concussion so if you came in at 10 you would have to ban him for five or six weeks 
Now, if you ban him for five weeks, that's the first three group matches. Ban him for six, that's the entire group stage. Would World Rugby be, I'm not say bold enough to do that, but given you know, given the given the fact he he, he is England's captain, the World Cup is coming. Will they? Will they? Give him a ban that doesn't rule him out of the World Cup. They shouldn't, to my mind. The, the, the offence should stand on its own, regardless of, of timing and what's coming up. And you know, because of January, you know, he he was up before them again. It's it was a poor challenge, and it's 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 something that he, you know, he has got a history of. And to me, that should be a six-week ban. Yeah, you know, I've got just to to caveat this before I get into it. That you know, because there's a lot of a lot of negativity thrown Owen Farrell's way. You know, I think he's become a bit of a pantomime villain to anyone who's not an England or a Saracens fan. And um, looking at this completely objectively, and I genuinely mean this. Yeah, I've got I've got no axe to grind with Farrell. You know, I, I think he's a like you said, a fearsome competitor. I don't think he's the most creative ten in the world. I think it's helped at Saracens that he's got the likes of Lazowski and um, and Good around him. He's got other playmakers in the back line, and you know, and he's playing behind a pack that dominates virtually every week. Um, but I don't, I don't have any problem with him at all as a person or as a player. The problem I have with is that he's continually um, getting away with really reckless challenges. And January was a, you know, was a was a prime example of that. Um, and it shouldn't be a matter of, of World Rugby being bold enough to ban him. It's the facts are there in, in, in exactly. black and white. Exactly, that's, that's my point, Jack. They, they shouldn't they shouldn't be looking at this with the World Cup in mind. It's, you know, it, this is somebody now. It's 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 the third one, third one in three years. Now, you know, in the in the past, if repeat offenders would would receive extra punishment, would they? Mm. It had an aggravating factor. Now that doesn't tend to happen in the professional area because, of course, it's it's their livelihood. But uh, you know, I'm the same as you. I mean, I would, you know, I, I would I would hope to see Farrell in the World Cup um, in 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 normal circumstances. But I just think if you're if World Rugby is saying that player welfare is its number one priority, and you've got somebody who is you know repeatedly you know tack, tackling high, hitting heads, causing concussions. And you sort of take a lenient view on it, then how come the World Cup, if somebody does that, can they turn around and give him a ban which effectively rules him out of the tournament? They can't, can they? Yeah. No, they can't. And uh, you know, I seem to remember actually the very first time we spoke on this podcast, some six or so years ago, we were discussing very, very similar things, uh, you know, ahead of the whatever that would have been, the Lions tour in, in twenty seventeen. And um here we are, you know, here we are a number of years down the line still talking about this and, and the behaviour hasn't changed. Nope. You know, players, as far as I'm concerned, I say this repeatedly on here, if there is any grey area whatsoever, players will take the risk, as Farrell has continued to do, uh, take the risk of going upright to try and stop any any form of offload. And if you hit a player's head, that's the kind of occupational hazard. And as long as referees keep looking for leniency and TMOs keep talking players down from... And that's why I would have loved to have seen it just a straight red yesterday. Yeah. And that re- and that and that referee is is not shy of, of making no. big decisions. Um, you know, yes, the, the ultimately the right decision was there, but I just like you just didn't need it. It's like you know, I don't know. It feels like it was a, an umpire in cricket going to, to you know going to going to the um, uh, going to a, to to the, the video umpire review for for a clear caught behind or a bold. It's just like, no, it's out, you know, it, that that's it. it. Just get it done. So it's really, really clear and obvious to everyone. So, um, you know, I, I feel like I'm maybe ranting a little bit about I, that. But I, th- I think the other interesting thing in this is, you know, Farrell's taken a few blows to the head in, in his career. Now, you know, mm. the choice, I mean, Basham was coming full steam with him, wasn't he? I mean, <laughs> yeah. nobody, nobody's going to queue up to make that tackle. But, if 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 Farrell had gone low, as as you know, as as, as the law requires, because it's, it's all it's all going to change, at, you know, at the amateur level this season and then professional level the year after that. If he if he goes low, as the law will require him to do, then he runs the risk of of, of a knee or a hip in the head, doesn't he? So mm. does, does, is there a point in this where your sort of you know a sixth sense kicks in or 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 an instinct kicks in? Don't go low because you're going to get clobbered. And so you end up going, you know, maybe they, they need to, I don't know how you do it, but it's that sort of, you know, front on front challenge, which is the, 
you know, it's most dangerous for the for the tackler as well as well as the tackle player. You know, you, you ideally you want them tackling from the side, don't you? But I don't know how you would be able to change it. But I just I in 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 in, in sympathy for Farrell, I, I would just say that you know if he had if he had stuck his head low, then he'd mm. been the one going off concussed. Yeah, no, that's that's absolutely right. And I think to go back to your point about kind of the England's kind of laboured attack and, and kind of almost that overcoaching, overstructured things, it takes a long while to, and I'm not saying this is an excuse for Farrell, but broadly speaking, you're still going to see players going high because they've been coached for years yes, and years yeah. and years to go high. Yeah. And unless unless there is a significant change in the way things are refereed, and I felt we were getting there about two or three seasons ago, and I feel like there's a lot of leniency and, and, and referees looking for... Um, looking for that level of um, of leniency or, or mitigation, you know, because for whatever reason, you know, people, we don't want to see games with red cards. And I, I just think that's that's nonsense because like you say, it's livelihoods we're talking about. And, um, you know, and, and if a player is going to miss a chunk of time through concussion or their career or even worse, further on down the line, um, you know, World Rugby has to be seen to be doing everything it can well, to, to cut that out. For, so, for someone like Basham, you know, he's he's on on the fringe of World Cup selection. I think that's fair enough to say, isn't it? Yeah. So he can't play against South Africa now, can he? No. So that could be his World Cup gone. I mean, has Gatlin got enough evidence to to justify picking him? Yeah. Which yeah, which is what you know, fifteen minutes off the bench or whatever it was. Yep. So um. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Still got a few more things to get through uh, before uh, before we wrap up. Uh, we're going to take one final break. And then when we come back, we have the remainder of uh, your questions that you have been sent in. So don't go anywhere. We'll be back in just one moment. Right then, Paul, into the home stretch. And uh, got a few more questions for us to um, for us to kind of get stuck into. Um I want to take this one on next uh, from uh, from Andy, who's a, a long-term listener. Um, given the Welsh coaching staff have had two months uh, with this squad, how has there not been any progression in terms of our attacking structures? And um, I actually kind of disagree with this one. I, I, I think I think it's looking like there's there's more shape yeah, than, uh, than we've seen before, as we said before. Well, certainly when you compare it to England. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, over the two games, what England scored one try, and that was a. A five 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 meter lineup, which they trundled over. How many Wales got two, and um, uh, penalty try and Thomas Williams' try. So they got they got yeah. they created three tries and you know, should have had a, should have had a couple more probably. Yet yet they I mean you know hand hands let them down at a crucial time. No, I I mean I, that that was that that was that was the bit about Wales that did surprise me. I thought they would just um, just just put it in the air and and. and Play for, for 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 territory and just chasing you. Know, I'd I'd like the look of um, young Costello against him. I know he made some mistakes, but you know he stands to the line, doesn't he? He was trying to trying to put put um, put people into space when he when when he wasn't kicking. Yesterday they didn't kick anywhere near as much as England. Uh, no. You know, and, and and the Thomas Williams try started from what Wales is twenty two. You know, bigger you expect him to put boot to ball, but he didn't. He kept it in hand, and I know England were, were down a few players by then, so you can get away with it. But I think it's just, you know, that's that's what you want to see. Um, is is just playing with their heads up. Just, yeah. I mean, everyone's going to go in with a plan, and you'll start off operating the plan. But plans don't always work, and it's you know, England's weakness is when their plan doesn't work, like the second half in Cardiff. There's nothing there. They completely fold, and it's it's when that plan isn't working. What? How can you? How can you respond? And that's when you want players operating with heads up. And I just, I, I just saw you know, a little bit of evidence of 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 that from Wales over over the over the last couple of weeks, which just um, which I didn't expect. Yeah, I, no, I, I absolutely, I absolutely agree with that. I think the things I was expecting to see coming into these games was an improved defence, which I think we have seen. Um, I was hoping for improved set piece, which uh, <laughs> you um, I, I, yeah, I thought you know I, I didn't think it went badly last week. Actually, I, I, you know I thought that the two new props were very unlucky with scrummaging decisions. I thought Ellis Genge bought a few that came back to bite him in the bum yesterday. Um, but then I think you know the, the lineup wasn't too bad, and particularly compared to England's last week, which was which was woeful. England's um, but, yeah, blame yeah. Dan had issues there. Yeah, 
Yeah, whereas, you know, whereas obviously Wales was, was terrible yesterday. But, the, you know, the, the shape of the backs, I think, has looked a lot better than it, uh, than it certainly than it did during the Six, at any point during the Six Nations. And I'd argue at any point under Wayne Pivak. And it, now, again, these are friendlies. But I think that certainly that's moving in the right direction. I'm intrigued to see um, what it means for halfback combinations. Because yeah, yeah. He, has, we, he hasn't started Biggie yet. Does he start him against South Africa? I would have thought so. He certainly starts him against Fiji. I've no, I've no doubt about that. I, I can't yeah. see you taking anyone else into that game other than nope. other than bigger. No. Nope. Um, but it's yeah, it's an interesting one that you know, uh, one of our listeners mentioned last week. You know, kind of bigger coming off the bench to to close things out as he did during that um, that Grand Slam campaign in 2019. Um, and I, I remember saying at the time, you know, there's no player in the world who will want to be on the bench less than Dan Bigger. He'll yeah. want to be out there the whole time. But I kind of feel like that almost just fires him up even more to come on and, uh, you know, be that competitor. He's such a kind of mentally tough and resilient and such a good decision maker that um, that having him on the pitch at the end is, you know, I, I think is really quite crucial um, or it can be a, a massive benefit. I think the problem that we have this time around is that there's no one no one ready to, to take that that starting berth away from him. And, well, um, and Anscombe's not fit, is he? So... I, I'm really struggling to see why people think Anscombe's going. I, he's not. I don't. He's, I don't. Know if, I don't know if he's going to be fit for South Africa. But he's played such little rugby yeah. in four years. Not just the last season. It's been four years essentially that he's played very little rugby. And and I feel desperately sorry for him because he was in brilliant form until he, you know, did that. I was it an ACL injury at Twickenham four years ago. He and he, he's barely played since. You know, yes, some some, some nice stuff for the Ospreys, but. He's, you know, he's been thrust in every now and again for Wales when we've had no one fit or available for selection, and it's proven really, really difficult. I, you know, I'm, I would be much more tempted to take, you know, I could, I could even see a scenario where Costello and Bigger go as two tens. Yeah, so I mean, Owen Williams wasn't happy when he was hooked yesterday, was he? Um... No, but I also didn't feel like he particularly imposed himself on the game either. I know Wales didn't have much ball, but um, it wasn't a particularly commanding. Um, the, 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 I mean, show even the penalty was was you know it was a straightforward penalty that yeah. rattled in off the post. It was it was it was mainly kicking, wasn't it? Um, yeah, not all of it. I mean, I know against England you've got to be aware of not bringing Freddie Stewart into it, and and you know with with, with Daly on the left wing, he's he's a fullback, isn't he? Um, uh, and you know most of England's wings are fullbacks, aren't they? So it's you've got to mm. got to get your kicking pretty spot on against them. But he it, it, it just, I don't know. It was almost as if he felt that you know he was being brought off at the time the game was going to open up, and that he didn't get that didn't get that opportunity. But I, I you know, Costello, I, I I thought was um, you know the good thing about about him, he wasn't when he made a mistake, he didn't you know. Mm. His head wasn't down. It was back up, right? Get on with the next thing. Don't look back, look forward. And that's that's a good attitude. Yeah, I, I, I could definitely see him going, you know. And then if he does take three, which I'm still not convinced yet whether he'll take three or not. I, I think, look, if, if he thinks Gatler, if he thinks, sorry, Anscombe is going to be fit, he will take him. Um, and that will, you know, that could well be the scenario where he takes two. Um, but it, even so, I, I think Owen Williams is, is going to be a long shot now. I, I just don't feel like Gatlin's no. massively impressed with him. No. Um, and that's, again, whereas that, I, that's the pity about Hawkins not being available because yeah. he could have covered covered 10, so you don't have to take a third one. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens there. And then nines, how do you assess the, the nines at the moment? Obviously, Kieran Hardy ended up missing out yesterday. Yeah. Um, but we've seen, you know, we've seen each of uh, Thomas Williams and, um, and Gareth Davies have a have a run out and and a starting berth each. Both have got tries. Both have you know kind of. I, I think Thomas Williams probably at the livelier of the two. Um, but there seems to be this nagging doubt about whether Williams and Bigger can play together. Yeah, um, I mean it'd be interesting with England now. Van Povlie gone. Would they would they mm. play Care and 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 Ford or, or Farrell together? You know, rather than rather than Smith. No, I mean I I. I I thought Thomas Williams showed show that well yesterday. I mean, he's, you know, the nice thing about him, he's, he's, he's a quick thinker, isn't he? And, mm. um, he's a, but, you know, Gareth Davis is all right in the, in the first game. But no, of the, of the two, Thomas Williams would be the one um, the one I want. He just he just looks, um, there's a confidence about him. Yeah, which I don't think there always has been, you know, in a red shirt versus in a blue and black one. I think, you know, we've seen his, you know, his best rugby has been playing for Cardiff, really. And, um, 
actually, his best rugby has probably been international rugby. He's probably been against England. He had a good game at, at Twickenham a couple of years ago, and um, you know, I just want to see that kind of that skill set from him because when he's when he's able to show some of those, you know, those deft little touches, whether it's a, a little snipe or a, an offload at the back of the hand, I feel like he's a player who plays better when he's unrestrained. Yeah. He's quite an old-fashioned player, I think. You know, like uncertainty in front of him excites him rather than yeah, and, rather than and, kind of scares him. And as for sort of bigger not being able to play with him, well, you do a right at Northampton with Alex Mitchell, who's a sort of scrum mm. half was always you know sniffing around for an opening or two and and very very quick to in his decision making. So I think if you know if bigger could could um, mix well with Mitchell, and he no problem with Thomas Williams. And then there, yeah, the, the the final question that we got, Paul. This one is from uh, is from Davey. Uh, we've touched on this with um, with kind of Kieran Williams, but are there any other players that you think have got you know have not got much chance of making it onto the uh, um, onto the the plane for for France after Warren Gatland's post match comments? <clears throat> yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I, I listened to them at the time, and I was trying to think who we met. Owen Williams was the one who who immediately came 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 to mind for me. Um, I tell you, I tell you a player who I, I you know, who will definitely go, but I think will be, um, and I, and I hate to say this as well because he gets he gets dogs abuse on Twitter uh, um, a lot of the time, and that's Adam Beard. I felt like he had a poor game yesterday, given that you wanted to see him stand up and and, and show. I've, I've no doubt he'll go, but it's um, yeah, it was it was a disappointing performance from a player it, that I do rate. It was because the lineup was the biggest single failing. Mm. Then yes, Gatlin's bound to look at that area, and, and they'll go through it with a fine tooth comb. You know, why did it? Why did it go wrong? I think as you, as you said, with the scrums, there were some good ones, there were some bad ones. It was the referee was not quite you know giving giving one to one and then the next one to the other team, but it was. I mean, I I, I was taking a, a note of how many you know scrum penalties. I think there were seven. I got to seven and then and then stopped. I mean, it was. It, mm. Half that game seemed to be taken up with 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 the, with the scrum, so I don't th- I don't think the scrum's not, but certainly line up, yeah. And 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 you're right. I mean, Beard always sort of he does he does cop it, but you know, is David Jenkins going to be fit? Yeah, it's another another big concern, isn't it? I, I mean, look, I, I've I think even if everyone is fully fit, I I've no doubt that Beard goes for his experience, Gatlin way because there's other stuff as well that you won't see. Things like the you know like the not that you won't see, but it's harder to spot. Um, defensive line-out um, technique. And, and and that's the stuff that he's really good at. Um, you know, he doesn't make eye-catching, big, you know, ball-carrying burst, which, you know, perhaps is disappointing for a guy of that size. But when the line-out is going well, Beard tends to be at the heart of it. And certainly from a defensive point of view, he almost does that role that, that Luke Charteris used to do, like a big telegraph pole in the middle of it, just stopping um, opposition getting, you know, getting good ball um, to, to drive forward with. So, you know, I, I do think he'll go. Um, Dab Jenkins is a, is a real prospect. Um, yeah. I really hope he is fit. I really hope he is because I think he, he does add just a different dimension to that squad. He does. I mean, he's, he's, a, he's a young Alan Wynne Jones, isn't he? Well, yes, exactly. You can't, you can't say um, can't say fairer than that. Um, Paul, it's been fantastic to catch up with you. And thank you for uh, for coming on and, and talking to us about uh, yeah part two of the, the phony war uh, against England. We have the, the final um, the final battle next week against South Africa. So it'll be very interesting to see what happens um, in there. Do you have any any indication as, as to, to what you expect? Do you think this, this will be um, two fully loaded sides? Uh, I mean, South Africa have, have, have come over with their World Cup squad plus five others, including um, uh, Pollard and Am, who, aren't, who weren't named in the... Um, Thirty-three, and they are you know both currently injured. And now, you can you you can see South Africa looking to looking to get them involved. Um, certainly in the latter stages, and and Nina Barr, the head coach, was asked about the, the you know how 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 they could play in the World Cup. And he said, well, it's either because of injury or if somebody um, does something they shouldn't. So you just wonder whether the some something is engineered so that certainly Pollard. I mean, South Africa are not the same team without him. No. Am is important, um, but Pollard is. You know, they've only got one outside half. They've named them. I mean, Faf de Klerk is one of their standby tens. Yeah, no, it'd be it'd be very very interesting. And um, you know, it's 
but at the end of the day, it's still, you know, it's still a, a South African side. It's still going to be oh. big and physical, and yeah. it doesn't it doesn't feel like ideal prep for going <laughs> for going into naming a squad where you got loads of injuries already. And and and, and they won't be they won't be Fiji in disguise either. So. No, they won't. But yeah, we'll uh, we'll see. I, I'm sure um, I'm sure a stern test awaits uh, physically, if uh, if nothing else. But Paul, it'd be great to chat to you. Thanks, uh, thanks very much indeed for joining us. Um, and as always, just a, a mention for our sponsors as we finish the show as well. As I said um, earlier on, uh, we're going to be out in France for the Wales versus Georgia game in Nantes, and uh, we're going to be doing a live show from over there. Loads of reaction. If you're already going, make sure you um, yeah you find us and, and come and have a chat to us. We'd love to. Love to hear your stories of the World Cup. And if you haven't booked um, anything out there yet, there's still some packages available through our sponsors at MSG Tours. Uh, so check out our pinned tweet on Twitter for that. And uh, there's also a link on Twitter if you want to get 20% off some great coffee, uh, thanks to our partners at So Coffee Trades. So all of that is on um, is on our Twitter bio. You can click the link and uh, and uh, and follow all of those. Plus, you can just keep up to date with our uh, with our latest opinions and and whatnot on there. And, and drop us a line if you've got any questions you want us to answer on forthcoming shows. But for the time being, that's it. Thanks for listening. We'll be back to chat rugby with you very very soon. Podcast Network.